0: hi good morning how are you can you hear me okay yeah i can hear you good can you hear me fine
1: yeah you sound amazing
0: awesome you are you're on a little trip trippy whippy doo-doo bear aren't you I sure am I'm in Raleigh
1: North Carolina I have spent the how's the weather it's sunny and beautiful it's still kind of chilly but I think it's in like the 40s right now but it's early as we're recording this so I think it's supposed to be like 60 today or something but yeah Ah, the sun is out and that's all that matters it's so gray in Ohio that anytime you get the sunshine it feels like a
0: huge win Absolutely. So yeah. it is actually sunny right right now, so mm-hmm. I, I truly appreciate that. Um, but yeah, it's like forty degrees, so.
1: Yeah, it's cold. We I'm mm-hmm. so ready. Sadie and I were walking to breakfast, I think yesterday or the day before, and I was like, I can't wait till Ohio just feels like this in the morning where it's not so cold.
0: Forever. I yeah. just am completely signing off on global warming <laughs> for my personal pleasure. You're just over it. I am. So, so what are you doing there? I know that you're like it, pleasure and business, but what exactly?
1: So, I feel like everyone knows Christine and knows who she is and what she does. But for those of you who may not, I am here with Christine Woods who may be more commonly known to you as paint and pixie she has an online extension education platform called more than a method and her platform is so cool she it's basically a subscription based platform and she just has I know she said the other day she has over a hundred videos on there right now and it's just explaining extensions the fundamentals of extensions the like she talks about scalp health she talks about like any and everything that I feel like traditional extension education doesn't cover Um, but she drips these videos out slowly over time but then they live on the platform for forever so it's kind of a self-paced you can watch it your own um on your own accord and and dive in as much or as little as you want and so she has different subscription tiers and packages. Um, and so she asked if I would be willing to be a guest educator on her platform, which was like a huge honor and, of course, a no-brainer. So we shot that content yesterday. It was, it was super fun. It was very nerve-wracking. You should see her setup hand. Like, I felt like I was in a Hollywood studio. It was insane. So I love actually- an official babe. Yes, I mean, she, I've, I've learned this in the short time I've known Christine, like if she's going to do something, she's going to really, really do it. So I mean, because like,
0: you know, what are we doing here?
1: <laughs> exactly, exactly. Oh. So anyway, she is actually here with me today. She's going to be our guest. So I was like, well, wait, if I'm going to be on your platform, you have to come be on ours. So Christine, welcome.
2: Hello, hello.
0: I'm so excited to be talking to you because I yeah, only know you off of Instagram. I mean, obviously I don't know you at all, but <laughs> we, we know how it is. Yes. Um, and yeah, I I'm sure people listening know you in the same way, like are kind of like fangirls on social media, but um it's always different when you can like hear from somebody in a different space.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I'm so excited to get to talk to you.
0: Um, Haley. Pardon me. I'm going to let you maybe just kind of take the lead here and, um, I don't know, just like ask any questions that, um, you think people would like to know, because I just feel like I have too many questions. So I would just go on forever. (laughs) Like I would literally just ask the most stupid, I'd be like, how many dogs do you have? What's their name? Like, I just... Yeah. (laughs) I want you to keep it tight. So I'm gonna let you just kind of steer the ship here.
1: Okay, cool. Well, I feel like I know I've experienced this and Han you have too, where you know, stylists that are listening to this now, like they get to see what we've created after years of work that maybe they didn't get to see. And so I would love, Christine, if you would give us just a little bit of background on you, your, and you can get as personal or in depth as you would like, yeah. but just give us a little bit of background on who you are and the Christine that you were before you were like the pain pixie. Right. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's really interesting because I kind of did hair as a, I don't want to do a desk job kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It was always artistic. I, I did my friend's hair, um, but it wasn't like, a. this is my passion and this is going to be my career. It was very much a, hmm, well, what can I do if I can't sit still in class <laughs> <You know? Totally. laughs> option? And thankfully, my grandparents, who I who I was raised with through the teenage years, were really supportive of that, which is rare, Mm -hmm. because I feel like a lot of people, especially that generation would really kind of shun you getting into hair. Now, I think it's totally different because a lot of people see how how beneficial a career in this industry can be. Um, But, yeah, started hair school. And I got in trouble all the time because I don't shut up and have <laughs> a hard time paying attention.
0: Because you wanted to know how many dogs your teacher had and what their names were. Yes,
2: yes. I also sassed the teachers a lot. Um, but part of that was I was a receptionist at the same time. So I thought I knew everything. I was a receptionist at a salon. So I thought I knew everything. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like, no, 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 that's not the right formula, Miss Cheryl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sit down, Cheryl. <laughs> yeah, but some of it really was. I was like, I'm not putting nine and in 40 volume on this client, like that's not gonna turn out how you think it is. Mm. Um, but I really think that was like I went to a brand new school and the school was just floundering when I went, so mm. I'm sure <clears throat> uh, maybe a teacher with more experience <laughs> wouldn't have given me that formula to use, right? But, but um, but yeah, I got out of of doing that or I've graduated. And then worked as an assistant for a little bit, but while I was working for as an assistant, my car broke down, and I was very poor at the time. I was living with Ray, my now husband, but we were just dating, and I didn't really have any family to help me, and so I literally didn't have a car for six months. So I worked at Smoker Friendly because we could walk to it, like a smoke shop. Yeah, yeah, I smoked there like, so for a long that? time. Yeah. Yeah. So I was chiefing it at work, you know, Living your best life. <laughs> terrible, right? Finally got my car fixed and then went and got another job in the, in the industry. But I assisted for three years, close Ooh. to three years. I was wow. terrified to take clients on the floor by myself. Why? Um, I just think I've always had that, that Um, paralyzing perfectionism Mm -hmm. of like, I don't want to disappoint people. Really. It's like a a unhealthy people pleasing that I've really worked a lot to, to get past. Um, but yeah, I was just so scared to fail. Yeah. You know, so scared. I wouldn't take the next step. Mm. Wow. Um, but eventually I did. And I really didn't care too much about the career when I was first doing hair. Like even after I got, you know, into taking my own clients, it was very much like I'm going to try to leave early when I can. I'm not going to, you know, study up on what I should be studying up on. But also there wasn't a lot of education at that point. Education was run through the commission salons. Mm. And the commission salon that I went to, it was like the owners would teach you, but they wouldn't bring any outside stuff in. And it wasn't until I got into a commission salon with more structure which I need because I have a hard time creating it. Mm. Um, that that I really started to take it seriously, and then I saw too how how successful you could become if you really set your mind to it. And then I think it went into like max overdrive after I had my daughter.
0: Mm.
2: That just there became a purpose. Yeah, you know, you might, larger than myself.
0: Do you mind sharing like what yeah. kind of what year you started here, and then like when, like when what. What year was it when you were actually, like, on the floor by yourself? I'm just curious to put it in context.
2: I'm so bad at time in general. Um, But I've been with my husband for, like, 14 years. And I had just graduated hair school when we were first dating. Mm. Okay. So So about 14, 15 if I count, like, starting school. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I didn't really get start getting serious in the career until, like, at least six or seven years, like counting school and everything. Mm. I mean, it was like a good while.
1: Yeah.
2: But I think, I mean, I'm sure some people listening can can relate to this. When you don't have a lot of money and you're in a bad headspace too, it's sometimes really, really hard to push past the feeling that you're just not going to do anything worthwhile. Mm. Um, Or at least it was for me. Like I was like, this is my life. And I had some... Um, you know, personally, like my mom has always struggled with drugs and alcohol and I haven't always had the best role models. Mm. I've had really great role models and really kind of shit role models. Can I cuss? Yeah, you can cuss. Okay. I didn't even think to ask. No. I was like, oh my gosh,
0: please. Yeah. Okay. I can cuss
2: Um, on
1: your platform.
2: You can cuss mine. Yeah. Let's not be silly. Um, But there, there was always this kind of polarizing like role
0: model situation,
2: you know? Yeah. And it's hard to,
0: it's hard to become something that you've never seen before too. Yeah. That's very relatable, yes. I think. Yeah. So this was what you had your daughter, maybe 2000, like twelve, fourteen.
2: 14. Um, no. So she, she'll be five this year. Okay. Okay.
0: Okay. okay. So you, you kind of like 2019. Gotcha. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Okay. Um, I mean, I was still working towards being successful,
2: you know, like before having her and we built success. I mean, we were, we were successful enough to me and my husband to not really worry a ton while I was pregnant with her, which is a huge weight off of anybody's shoulders. If you're going to have a baby. Absolutely. What does he do?
0: If you don't mind, it's good to have like a picture.
2: Yeah. So now he works for me, but before he did, he's worked with me in the past. So he's worked as a manager at a salon that I worked at with him. Um, we met before that. But um, he's hopped around. He's done IT, um, IT, security, IT, that sort of thing. He's kind of like a Renaissance man. Like, he's pretty much good at a little bit of everything.
0: Well, and I mean, mommy's in charge. So let's be honest. Yes.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. He's the perfect yin to my yang. I'm sure Haley can probably.
1: Yes. Because
2: he helped, you know, film the corner class she attended. And then when we were filming Haley yesterday, he was here. So He's like more calm, but he's very fun and he's funny, but he's less ensigned than I am. Yeah. So he brings me down.
1: You can tell they complement each
0: other well. That's great. I love yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. I love that. So yeah. when did when did um when did your education or your inspiration or drive really start to pick up? Like after you had your daughter, you said but like what yeah, what does that mean?
2: Yeah, so I mean I was I was like head of education at a salon that I worked at for a short time before I left and finally went out on my own and stopped working at a commission salon. And so I had always I always have loved teaching people. Um and so I got a little taste of it there and then I even had like a couple of color classes locally, like balayage and foilage classes that were just not, you know, extension related at all. Um, but really the, oh, <laughs> there's hubby trying to walk in right now <laughs> with flowers. Looks so sweet. Aw. Thanks. Um, so I've always loved teaching people and, but I always haven't had an audience. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, the reality is that for a lot of times I was teaching into the dark, Yeah. you know, and nobody yeah. was listening. Cause I just, I didn't have the social cred yet.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, but Instagram reels taking off mm-hmm. was a big step up, too, because it's like, oh, now I can reach all these people that I could never reach before. So when reels were really being pushed, my account started to skyrocket. Um, and so I started teaching teaching on there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's a, I mean, yeah, that's I think a lot of it is. You have to have some type of delusion to be successful in a way. And I think your delusion was that like you were able to teach into the dark, you know, and just be like, well, I'm just going to talk or do this even if no one cares. Like, and then that's sounds like how you got reps and how you have enough confidence to really take off and be consistent with your reels.
1: But don't you think too, though, like, because hearing you say that nobody was listening, nobody was paying attention. The fact that you were just willing to talk to no one, I think it's so hard for, I don't even want to just say stylist now, but I think it's so hard for anybody be wanting to be willing to talk to no one and, and creating the content, even though nobody's watching. So that's the thing that I feel like people have so much resistance around, but we've all done it. Like I, I relate to that so much. I, I had to do it. You know, I had to talk to people like I had an audience already. And that's, I think the hard part for people.
2: Yeah. And I think that I totally agree. And I also think that it still happens Mm -hmm. when you have a larger account. We talked about this a little bit the other day, but when you have a larger account, the engagement sometimes is really wacky. Like I have a friend who has 100,000 followers and some of her posts get 50 likes Mm -hmm. and they get shown to 3000 people. But then the next post will have a million. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So there are portions of the content that you put out in the landscape that is social media now that you will think crickets are hearing, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And, and not people, but the reality is it's not all about how many likes, how many people are seeing that just changing one or two people's minds with the, the content that you're putting out, yep. you know, could make a huge difference in your business. And you don't need validation from others. You also don't need a mega account to make money educating or just selling things on social media in general. We're mm-hmm. having a clientele behind the chair. Totally. I mean there's a ton of stylists out there who don't even utilize social media in the way that we do. Mm-hmm. But they're successful. It's about the path that you wanna kinda take to get there. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah, I'm I think a lot of it is being okay with letting go of the outcome of of what mm-hmm. you're putting out there and just knowing that like if if you're wanting to be portrayed as the expert in any given situation, like you have to act like the expert and not be so um, like, easily, uh, like, shaken or upset by how many people show up. Cause it's like, well, you know, I'm just sharing information that I feel very, like, solid and confident about. And, like, you were saying too, I don't, I'm not trying to make money on social media, but even something like this podcast has solidified, like, um, kind of me as an expert in this field, which in turn helps my business. You know, it helps me have. The highest end client I can possibly have who trusts me, and mm-hmm. like that's the outcome I want. So you're you guys are completely right. There's all kinds of different um, avenues to giving yourself a voice. You know.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I like
0: that. I like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what? What is um? I don't know. What does like the future look like for you? Or what is what's your goal in the next coming year? Yeah, I really, really want to
2: pour into the platform over the next year. I mean, I've already been doing that, but it's really a baby. It's still in its infancy. It's not even a year old at this point. Um, so Haley kind of got to see a step up in what we're offering. And that was that we finally gotten the live stream filming portion of the platform to look
0: really, really good. Can you expound upon the platform mm-hmm. Will you like describe what exactly you mean Can you say that? Yeah, so the platform is
2: more than a method, and it's a subscription-based education platform. So there's a variety of different subscriptions, like Haley was mentioning. There's something for people who are just getting started. Um, you know, maybe you've taken one in-person extension class, but you're just, like, lost in the ocean, and you need a lifeline. <laughs> the The newbie plan would be great for people like that. And then there's more intermediate and advanced options, too, in the higher tiers. But essentially, a lot of it is me teaching on the platform. So the why behind everything, the physics behind extensions, because I feel like one of the things that really launched me as an educator in the extension space was a series that I did called The Physics of Extensions. And I wanted to relate what we do to something else that's not hair to have people understand the cause and effect of what we're doing with extensions. So for instance there's tension that we use in our install, and there's compression. So tension would be pulling things apart, compression, compression would be pushing them together. And so breaking it down into like a base fundamental way, I feel like is so helpful for stylists, because it becomes less of I put the bead exactly an inch from the scalp, and I rotate my wrist 45 degrees, and I clamp down every single time, Mm -hmm. you know, like that's helpful when you're first learning to have a to have a Something to go off of, like a very specific method. But then, if you're trying to branch out or understand what you're doing, or or if you have clients that you just can't figure out what you're doing wrong, we need to actually understand what we are doing to people's heads. And I feel like we have a lot of that with color education, like there's so much information, but a lot of the extension education is very veiled. It's a very, I'm going to show you how to do it, but I'm not going to show you enough to be as good as me Mm. because I might not want you as a competitor (laughs) in this space, you know?
0: Yeah. Um, It is a way to gatekeep. You're absolutely right. And I think um, acknowledging that there is no formula for things like, yeah, like tension or just for it's a, you're validating the art of it by saying, like you said, just like color, you, there are laws here. And you play within the, those laws, but you can, you can do a billion different things and there's not, there's not like a specific protocol for like Mm -hmm. each client.
2: Yeah. And we just, we vary so much. I mean, when you take all of the, the follicle pattern, the density, the scalp elasticity, the head shape, you know, how rough somebody is on their hair, all of those things make a unique situation for each client. So putting the same thing on everybody, you might have 60% success. Mm -hmm. But what about the other 40%? Mm -hmm. And for people building their clientele, you know, they're going to get a hodgepodge of different people. When you niche down, you can actually get like a very specific type of clientele Mm -hmm. that kind of repeats itself. But a lot of times in the beginning, you kind of get your harder Clients and you're taking what you can get. Yeah. Like yep. when
1: you first learn extensions, your ideal client is anyone who wants extensions. Yeah.
2: You got money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah.
1: Versus you know two or three years in, or yeah, maybe even longer, depending on on where you're at. But you know that's when you get to say, I for me, I want clients who have pretty decent natural hair that I can just enhance what they yeah. have. You know that's kind of my ideal client. I. I think my ideal client also represents, you know, I'm a representation of my ideal client, how my hair is. So it's also interesting to think that, you know, you kind of can attract what you are in your clientele Mm -hmm. too. So, but yeah, in the beginning, you're just
0: You want butts in your chair.
1: (laughs) They have a bob and they want hair down to their waist. Okay, how can I get that for them, you know?
0: yeah. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and you don't really get to, I think, because there's so much anxiety at first too or just um, so much like doggy paddling happening. You don't truly get to understand what you're doing if you haven't been taught, like, what am I doing? You're just like, okay. Um, And then there's two inches until the next speed. So like you measure out two inches, you know, it's like, you don't think you can even be like, wait, should I go three inches to the next speed or an inch? Like Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you don't understand that when, when you were taught something, that was just like a general rule that you're supposed to make the call about.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And something else I felt was kind of missing in this space too, that I touch on the platform there's not a lot of education about how to be ethical doing extensions.
1: Mm.
2: What does and that what mean? I'm, So what I mean by that is like the extension education that I've experienced and not even brand specific. I'm talking just in a commission salon that I was working at was a very like a little sketchy mm. with uh, when you would recommend new wefts to be placed. Mm. Like, are we actually doing this when we need them to be refreshed? Or are we trying to milk it like when we go get our tires done and the guy says that we also need A B C
0: D? Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Oh, I know what you mean. There's mm-hmm. there's a lot of backhouse reweft usage I've seen in salons that is is like absolutely shocking. And I was always like like I need to see who raised this person. Like yes. I always <laughs> You know, yes, I always, your took mom. That, yeah, 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 no, I always took that back to like, I no longer trust this individual with, with feeding my dog. Like yeah, it's that to me, that was always just like a moral code because yeah. I was raised a certain way that I'm like, you don't just mm-hmm. bold fuck somebody over. Yeah. Yeah. But when- some people are, are, we're raised different, you know?
2: Yes. Well, and I think that money can do a lot. You know what I mean? To Absolutely. people like the, the thought of money or the prospect of becoming wealthy, that sort of thing can really shift people's ethical compass. And another thing that was really interesting, like a specific situation is I get sometimes the question of, you know, if I mess up on somebody's wefts, like, cause I posted the other day about, um, coloring somebody's wefts and just messing them up. Like it happens. Right. Yeah. And I got a couple questions of like, do you then pay for the new hair for them? Obviously? Absolutely, we do. yeah,
0: yeah, we do. We need yes. to because I messed it up. <laughs> yeah. like what are you talking about here? Yeah. like it'd be yeah. like getting your ti- getting new tires. like if they if you went to get new tires and they slashed one of them, it's like, well, mm-hmm. yeah, the, you would expect someone, and it yeah. sucks for everyone. but it's like, yeah. But I think
2: like some of that, if I'm, I I do not know these people that ask the questions, you know, and I'm, and I'm not condemning them at all because it's a great question to ask if you're not sure, you know, but I think that there's a lot of stylists not charging enough for extensions. And so then if they do mess up a weft, thinking about how much now is coming off the bottom line Mm -hmm. is scary.
0: Yeah. And I, I definitely think that is absolutely correct. For an example, I had a client, I've, my clients will go get, um, you know, they might drive an hour, two hours to see me. So sometimes they will get a blowout in between their move up appointments with someone more local. I had a girl that got a blowout from, a, um, from another stylist in between our move ups and the stylist unfortunately only charged forty five dollars for a shampoo and blow dry, and was so rough and so um, just kind of like dismissive of my client and like her like preferences, and that stuck out to me as like, well, she obviously she feels undervalued in the service
1: mm-hmm.
0: as yep. the person providing it. So like, why would she care? Mm. Yeah, and and it made perfect sense to me. And it's like that's why you know pricing yourself to where you'd feel compensated fairly is so important for your process or your your output with your clients.
2: Absolutely, because you don't want to build resentment over time. Um, And of course, like then the then the value has to match. You
0: know, so it's like Mm -hmm. you
2: also have to then give a really great blowout if I'm going to charge one hundred and twenty. You know, yeah, the service has to match. But I totally agree absolutely.
0: Yeah. So I think it's, it's interesting to see you're absolutely right. I think being compensated for your services either fairly or unfairly is kind of like, um, the foundation of, of how you kind of like have an attitude, like you said, like have either a grateful attitude or kind of a resentful attitude to your work and your clients, you know?
2: Yeah. And Haley, I think you we were talking somewhat about this Mm -hmm. the other day where it's like you want to make sure, too, that you're always looking for what you possibly could have done wrong because shifting your mindset from it's always the client's fault or it's always some outside circumstance that's causing, you know, your resentment or what, you know, your clients are doing with their extensions or whatever it is. It puts you in a fight stance, you know what I mean, in your mind. And so you're going to combat people instead of working with them to create a solution.
0: Totally. Yeah. And you have to be okay, too, with like shifting your attitude when clients come at you defensively. Yeah. Like, you know, because it's like a lot of times they don't even realize they are, you know, defending what's going wrong with them. And to you, it sounds like you're being attacked, but it's like, I think that's a skill. It's like a muscle that you build over time where you're like, y- you just put yourself in their shoes and have to empathize with me. And that really sucks. Like it could be this. I'm, I'm not exactly sure what happened, but like, I'm definitely not a robot. I could have like made some type of little mistake. Let me take a deeper look into whatever it is, you know?
1: Well, yeah. I, I agree. I think a couple of things came up for me with that. The first one being how much differently do you show up when you are making the money that you want to make, right? I'm not the same stylist charging, let's say, $3,000 for an install as I am the stylist charging $1,000 for an install. I'm showing up with my best foot forward. I'm I'm staying till the job's done. Uh, If I need to fix something, I'm fixing it because I am associating this high price point with my client's experience as well. I have to be the stylist that can meet those expectations. But on, on the flip side of it, talking about clients, like, you know, we get defensive when they complain or they come at us with something. I, they have every right to, in my opinion, people are spending a shit ton of money with us on a, a very expensive service. And I think they have a right if they are unhappy about something to complain about it again it goes back to that simple principle of like treat people how you would want to be treated if i were having this exact same issue how would i want my stylist to handle it would i want them to instantly be putting everything back on well it's how you're brushing your hair it's you're using the wrong products It's you're doing xyz no i would want them to say you know what haley i am so sorry this is your experience let's look at the products you're using because I probably didn't give you a list or send you home with the right products. And did, we, did I walk you through how to brush your hair? Mm-hmm. No, I didn't. That's on me. Let yeah. me walk you through this. Like taking that accountability, one, it instantly makes your client feel so comfortable to come to you with any type of problem that they might be having. But it's also building that trust for the future that they know if I have a problem, she's gonna take care of me. She's not just going to dismiss me and sweep it under the rug or try to blame me. The fact that we try to blame our clients honestly blows my mind. And I say that having done it multiple times, but like the fact that that was my mindset and my approach to it, it kind of makes me sick to my stomach because I'm like, that's not fair. It's not fair to them again, especially for the amount of money that they're spending.
2: I agree. I agree. And that's one thing that I think really changed even my installs was Understanding that, like, okay, if I have a client who I'm repeatedly having problems with and I keep doing the same method on them with the same recommendations over and over, I'm, it's the definition of insanity. I need to create something that's going to allow for this person to have these extensions and them not rip out of their head. Totally. You know what I mean? That's, that's on me. Um, and if it gets to a point where a client is literally not listening because there is that, I, I would say, 1%. Of people out there that will not listen, they trash their hair. They truly, yeah, even after teaching them, won't learn. <clears throat> I've broken up with people like that, mm-hmm. and that's my job too—to yep. turn them away. Totally, because I'm not going to continue to put these on you, regardless of the money.
1: Yep. I had a client one time. I think she was almost waiting for me to. Mm. I. I told her, I said, if you come back in with these like this one more time, I am not putting these back in your head. I will send you away with the hair. I'm not putting them back. She came back with her hair in the exact same way. And I said, I love you. I'm so appreciative for you and your business. Ethically, I can't put these back in your head because they're they're going, if they haven't already started creating damage, they're going to create damage for you. And it was almost like she was relieved because her extensions were... They were a hassle for her at this season of of her life. And it was like she was just waiting for me to be like, no, you can't have them. Yeah. And there was no pushback. There was no – it was almost like a thank you so much for just, like, being blunt and direct Mm -hmm. and honest.
0: Yeah. I think, too, just said – I mean, this can all be mostly, I think, taken care of at the beginning. I don't know why this one's clicking. But at the beginning of – the relationship you know, by setting expectations. Yeah.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think that we should spend a lot more time educating our clients prior to them getting the extensions in, which is where social media comes in handy.
1: Oh, thank you for saying it. Did you guys hear that? (laughs) Did you hear that? You can educate your clients before they ever sit in your chair.
2: Yes, yes. You can even educate your clients with their intake form. Mm -hmm. When they apply, and I'll have this on the platform eventually for the higher tiers. Um, I've shown it in in in-person classes. I'll show it to to you, Haley, before you leave today. She gets all this special stuff. Um, But there's a way to craft the questions that you are asking your clients in the intake form to weed out red flag clients, to highlight green light, we love this client, clients, Mm -hmm. and educating them along the way without you saying a word. It's done, it's built, it's automated. And then you have something to actually go off of when you consult with them. Because mm-hmm. we don't think about setting ourselves up for success prior to the consult for the consult. Yeah. The consultation and getting the person, you know, to fill out that form is the first step in a successful extension business. And if the first step is off and it's bad, that's going to flavor the rest of the experience, Yeah,
0: in my opinion. I agree. Yeah, and troubleshooting is a lot easier to do one little tiny thing and yeah. not like I found in the past when I didn't didn't ask, you know, inform the client enough. It, troubleshooting and, you know, 2 years into an ex- with an extension client is a nightmare. Mm-hmm. Cuz that's when yeah. they start to, you know, kind of are like, "Well, what the fuck? Why am I just now knowing this?"
1: Mhm. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely and like changing a habit too, or a behavior, mm-hmm. right? Where if you set that tone from the beginning, it's like, yep. and and like Christine said, those red flags where it's like, I can tell by how somebody fills out my application before I ever even have a consult with them yep. if I want to work with them. So the ones that have red flags, I usually am not moving forward with. There are some, I would call them like a yellow flag where yeah. I'm like, mm, I need a little bit more information you know, one of those, I, I actually just took a new client on like this. Um, she's 16. Normally I'm not taking on 16 year olds, but mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I jumped on the consultation call and it's her and her mom. So I'm like instantly like, okay, we're all on the same page mm-hmm. here, but that's normally something for me that would be like a I, I don't, you know, I don't know if this is my ideal client yeah. type of thing, but yeah, I love, I love that share so much. Um, Han, I know you're, you have to be done here in a few, correct? Yes. Okay. So I, one of the things I just like, want to come back to hyping Christine up for a second. <laughs>
0: Please.
1: <because laughs> one of the things I think this conversation was so valuable and I, I feel like just that little tangent we went off of, I feel like stylus will get a lot of value from, but one of the things that really stood out to me with Christine in the early stages of the platform, when she was talking with me about, you know, she kind of came and was like, this is kind of what I'm thinking, like asking, I, you asked me such a long time ago to be on mm-hmm. it, which I was again, like so honored about, but she said something to me that has stood out and just meant so much to me, because I think a lot of stylists have a bad taste about extension education in their mouth from their previous experiences. and she said, I don't want this to just be the Christine show. You know, Mm -hmm. I don't want more than a method to just be the Christine show. And I just appreciated that so much because I feel like that is what a lot of education has become. It elevates the educator. It elevates the education team. And not necessarily, I I see why that happens, but I think there's almost this like holier than thou attitude when it comes to the creators of of these platforms or of these methods and and it's people are over that they're over it so it was so refreshing to hear that that was kind of her mindset but then not only that that was the mindset that she approached it with you know however many months ago but to have seen her back it up in her action you know what I mean where she is she's bringing in other people she's seeking out you know, other professionals. And so to me, it's just been a really refreshing thing to watch and and now to get to be a part of, um, because I think that is another area that our industry is lacking so much in. It's not as collaborative as I think they want you to believe it is, you know?
0: Yeah, you guys are absolutely both so incredibly refreshing. And I'm so excited that you girls are the future of extension education because um you you're relatable you're reachable and you refuse to be like worshiped as as this like weird figure and instead like insist that um the focus stay on on the knowledge and like the um joy that you get out of your work it's so so um important that you guys, like, offer what you offer. Yeah,
2: I love that, and it and it's, I mean, I said it a couple times throughout the corner class, like, and I'll say it on my social media, too, like, I'm not any different than you listening or you watching, mm-hmm. like, I'm not better than you, I am not league smarter than you, I've put a lot of time and dedication, <laughs> Haley's face,
1: <Spence. laughs> is, is <laughs> leads smarter than me
2: don't let <laughs> I don't <break>. think that's, <laughs> <through>. everybody has <laughs> I think when people think smart right they may think oh like look at all this tech stuff you have you're very smart Haley mm-hmm. you have but there's different things people bring totally. to the table totally. and that's what I love about collaborating with different artists because like you haven't said it while you were filming like well I don't know the why so you're gonna plug this in here but the way you teach is going to reach somebody else totally. the way I can't teach somebody else. Totally. Everybody learns different. So totally. you, your value is valuable, even if it's different than my value. 100%. And I do, you I know? know that. And I agree. All with right, it. Good. But
1: just listening, <laughs> Hannah, like just listening to Christine educate, like it, it's truly how she teaches and how she breaks things down. It resonates so much for my brain and I just was like on the floor, especially being here, like in person, I'm like, this is insane. She just has such a gift. And for her to be sharing it, how she's sharing it with the world, like, I love it. It's so refreshing to see, but, um,
0: I feel like we interrupted you. So I'm so sorry with whatever you're were- No, it's okay.
2: No, <laughs> no, no I think that exciting. was a great,
0: like little, <laughs> yeah. 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 And I think in the same way that, you know, we were just, um, really explaining, how important it is to be clear about your ideal client and, you know, red flags, yellow flags on the back end of your business, on the front end of your business, when you are looking for what's going to mold and shape you and who you want to show up as. I think there's red flag educators. Mm, I think there's yellow flag educators. And then, you know, there's educators and education platforms that are, are not like like I said, looking to be idolized or looking to if if an educator is talking down to you in a way that makes you feel like like a dog that, you know, chewed up a a valuable item like that's a huge red flag you and should have the biggest ever... red flag of life <laughs> yeah, yeah i totally agree
2: i love your explanation her analogy is always <laughs> so, so good if they <laughs> chew you up and spit you out they ain't it bro like you're an adult
0: like yeah you got true. you got to figure it out like yeah clients shouldn't talk to you like that and like people nope. you're learning from and spending money with should not talk to you like that like you have to there's mostly middle people in every, in every spot in life. And if you are finding extremes on one end or the other, whether clients are coming to you and they're extreme and jerks or the education you are being drawn toward is like extreme and like, doesn't feel warm or like relaxing or exciting, like move on. Mm -hmm. It's not, no one is, no one's representing you, but you. So like it's not about going with what other people have had success with in the past. As far as extension, you know, education, it's about like finding your kind of little spot at the lunch table with your people.
2: And I have a little tidbit to add on that too, a little analogy. And that is like, sometimes, you know, when we look at what is really successful or like, you know, what are the brands or the methods or the people who are really successful Success doesn't mean that they got there in an ethical way. When I think of the most successful people on earth, I think of a lot of issues. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like if I think of the wealthiest people on earth, to get to that point, a lot of times you're having to do things um, that might not be savory. And of course, then there's successful people who've gotten there a great way. Like when I think of the company Patagonia, Mm
0: -hmm. um,
2: I really idolize that owner of that business because I think that he's trying to do the right thing. Yeah. And he's trying to be sustainable and all these other things. Um, But then there's also Amazon. (laughs) Right. You know? And -hmm. like the workers can't even pee. Like they have to pee in water bottles and stuff. Amazon's hugely successful. Do we actually wanna base our business on a model like that? I don't. Mm -hmm. I want something different. Mm -hmm. And if we all start demanding something different, eventually that will have to change. But if we attach ourselves to that, one, acting or teaching in that mean way, like what you were just mentioning of like people making you feel bad, you know, for asking questions and stuff like that. You do get more compliance Mm -hmm. from people by isolating them, Mm -hmm. by taking their autonomy away. Um, I think about it when I think of kids, right with my daughter, like she's a very spunky, um, impassioned child. I could try to stamp out her light. And I could probably do it pretty effectively by yelling at her
0: mm-hmm.
2: and smacking her, I guess. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. we don't spank and I'm not, you know, everybody has their own things with their kids. But I get a lot more compliance out of my very strong-willed child by getting down on her level and telling her that I understand how she feels and I've felt that way before too. Mm-hmm. And now let's learn how to do better.
0: Mm-hmm. That's because you don't run a call. So, you know, <laughs> just... <laughs> <laughs> For everyone listening, just remember, yeah, if you are being shamed or, like, um yeah, like, cornered out in any unfair or, like, way that does not make sense to you or feels very weird, like, that is not okay, and it's your job to be, like, yikes, I think I need to move on from this.
2: Mm-hmm. And you deserve better.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's not normal in any arena in life to be belittled or, um, like publicly cornered. And unless, unless you've truly, you know, done something abhorrent and you're like a criminal, but it's like, if you're paying for education, sissy, (laughs) sissy, we got it. We got to keep smiles on our faces. Agreed. That doesn't mean it'll be easy, but you know, um, yeah, you got to look out for yourself when you can still be critiqued in a really, absolutely you know and should be no bs way
2: without being made to feel shame totally yeah yeah
0: yeah yeah. being corrected or being um get being have someone give you feedback it is uh, something that if you find that hurtful and the person that's giving you the feedback is being neutral or kind then that that is truly your job to maybe think like geez why am i so hurt by Mm -hmm. this or why am i taking this so personal Yeah, agreed. Love that. Well, you girls are just such a dream come true for all of us. (laughs) So are you, Hannah. Yes.
2: Honestly. I
0: love you. (laughs) Thank you. First conversation, love. (laughs) Um, Yeah, this is, this has been like, just, this honestly just kind of made my day. Like, Mm -hmm. I was just at home today preparing for a Valentine's Day party for children that, uh, won't won't say thank you or be nice, but that's okay. <laughs> and then I got, and I'm like genuinely just like in so much of a better mood now. Just talking to you guys, this was so fun. Yes, I agree. This was a great way to kick
1: off the day. So thank you. Thanks. Yeah, for Christine. Yes. Yeah, thank you.
0: Will you remind us what um what your Instagram name is, what your um website is? Yeah. And, yeah. Absolutely. So my personal Instagram
2: is Paint and Pixie. And then More Than a Method is just that. So More Than a Method on Instagram. And then for the websites, www.morethanamethod.com. You can sign up that way. We have an app, but you have to go through the web browser
0: first. Wonderful. And do you have any in-person live events coming up at all? I do. I have one coming up in April I don't know the exact
2: date off the top of my head.
0: That's okay. Something um, to look forward to. It's just always good to have. Like, yeah. A-
2: yeah. And I you know. can find that information on paintingpixie.com. It's under the class classes tab.
0: Awesome. Haley, do you have live events or anything to plug? Oh, no, I don't. Okay. Right now. Just thanks your beautiful asking. self. Of course. Of course. <laughs> well, it's been fun. And um, yeah, thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you yes. next
1: time or talk to you next time.
0: Okie dokie, love you. Love you, bye. Bye.